BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Down to Biscay. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck to say, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop with one hand. Impact we trust. It's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome into Floor is Yours, an extension of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons. If you are listening on the podcast feed, I'll just keep subscribing there. So as you know, we are on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and all the rest of them. And, of course, on the YouTube channel, we have content going all day long. In fact, I did an episode of Starting Nine this morning where I took some questions, so there may be a little bit of overlap to what we do today. I do want to introduce who we have with us today. You're probably familiar with everyone. Three of us were at the game last night. Brady is the only one who will escape uh, your criticism today because he was not there got Greg Sylvander. Follow me at Greg Sylvander. I've got Alex Salito. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. Brady Hawk, you can follow up Brady Hawk 305. Got some sponsors today, including our friends over at You Break Wheel Fix. We tell you about this all the time. This is the wheel repair refinishing company. You can also get the custom wheels done. That's the really cool website there. Check it out. 305-748-0112. They're based in North Miami. They just moved to a bigger location because we've sent them so much business. Reach out to Mark, uh, our friend Mark Delacruz there. Mention five reasons you will get a discount. They'll take care of, of everything for you, uh, even spe- even more special than usual if you let them know about us. And again, if you're watching here on the YouTube channel, you can see some of the work that they do. You can also check them out at You Break Wheel Fix on Instagram as well. And again, they got more than 5,000 different custom colors. You want those Miami Heat Vice colors, you can get those as well. You want to make your wheels white hot? Why not do that too? So go to YouBreakWheelFix.com or YouBreakWheelFix.com on instagram and again they got a new location in north miami so check out the address on the website all right let's get to it the end is near or maybe it's not um we will see you can also check out the episode that we did last night um greg and alex and i after i got through some of the laughter at the beginning it was that kind of night i mean eric spolstra laughing about the three-point shooting uh when he finally looked down to see how bad it was I saw something today, 23 missed open threes, like wide open threes. Um, But I think the thing that's most disturbing to people, and we are going to get to your questions here. That's what we do a little bit differently here on Floor is Yours. So send them up 
And I, at some point here, I'll signal our producer, Manny Chang, tonight uh, to get them up for us, and we'll kind of go around and answer them. But I think the most concerning thing tonight is you watch that Heat team get off the bus today. Will Manso took some video when they got to Boston. I mean, yeah, I, Greg's doing the waddling motion. I, I mean, Kyle Lowry looks like he needs six months off. I mean, he really does. I mean, and, and this thing about not putting Jimmy Butler on the injury report. I mean, who are we kidding at this point? Like, Everybody else on the team is questionable, but Jimmy's not. I mean, Jimmy just went from a guy who was having one of the all-time playoff runs to somebody who has made, like, what, 22% of his shots over the past two games. Can't turn the corner, and anybody isn't going for contact. Will's putting this uh, – a uh, Will's tweet here being put up by Manny here on the feed. You guys can check it out, at Will Manso, our friend Will from Channel 10. I mean, Ugh, is, that, look at is, that, is that how Kyle – typically walks i i just it does he doesn't no. look comfortable right just ro roll it back there man look at that i mean look i've been on some long bus rides okay and you know you get off a long bus ride and you got to stretch your legs a little bit i understand that um but they didn't bus for miami to boston I mean, they, they took a flight they had time to stretch your legs i don't mean to laugh about this but he's coming off a 25 minute 0 0.1 rebound zero assist a three turnover, five foul game. Don't do that, Sean. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't look real good. So let's just start here right now. Okay, right now. Thank you, Gad. We are going to put Alex in for no, some. No, I'm on the injury report too. Don't. That's not even – I'm not even questionable. I'm just out. You're out. You're out for good. That's it. I've been out for 20 Whoa, years. whoa, whoa. Don't say that. <laughs> not, okay. We got some of the comments coming in here. This makes it different for the podcast feed. But let, let, let's, let's, let me ask you guys this one question. Right now, okay, if Tyler Hero doesn't play and and he is listed as questionable and Brady, as you said on, on Twitter, Spolstra is making it sound like he's the one that won't go. He's, everybody else will go. You know, Tyler's trying to play. He's on the trip. We've said he's going to have to get shot up before a game. We don't know how long that's going to last. But under any circumstances, do you start Kyle Lowry over Gabe Vincent tomorrow, whether Tyler plays or not? Because... I thought maybe, but after watching that video, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't. That's coming to me, right? Yeah, or I, anybody. I personally, point. I don't know who it has to be in front of, but if Tyler here was good to go tomorrow, I basically said on Twitter earlier, we've been talking about this card, the Tyler Hero starting card, like all season. Like when, it, when your backs are against the wall in a 3-2 situation, these are garbage finals, and everybody's already jumping the gun saying about, trading him and talking about the trade talks, getting ahead of what we're going to talk about. I don't see a reason not to go to it. When we're talking about all season, we were saying, you don't need to start Tyler here. Like the, the starting lineup is fitting well. He's playing well off the bench, but now you're seeing the starting lineup not click at all offensively. Like you're seeing them hit the wall as a group. And then all of a sudden Gabe Vincent and Victor Oladipo are trotting into the game together off the bench and they're flipping the game and basically gave Miami a chance in game five. I don't know who it'll be over. I think, because I just can't see them doing to Kyle Lowry like what we think they're going to do. Like, I think he stays in the starting lineup. I think there's a potential idea of them maybe putting him in over Max and letting Max operate off the bench next to Depot and Gabe. Like, I just feel like there's something there where they have to find something to click offensively. And if Tyler plays, like, there's a high opportunity that he does not look like, like what we think he'll look like. He's not going to be as mobile. He's not going to be... Uh, the same type of player, but I think you have to try it. Like, there's no way you can enter 
losing game six and say we didn't try that one card that we talked about all season. So if there's one rotation change, and no, it's not Omer Gertzman looking uh, not looking injured walking off the be- the bus. I know that was kind of a takeaway. Maybe Omer looked uh, he looked energetic coming off the the bus behind Lowry, but Tyler, I guess, is the one card to play as a starter. That's where we are. Where's we're got deci- legs, we're deciding which guy can put one foot in front of the other, and that's who should play at this point. Uh, but, Greg, on that note, and we've talked about the Tyler Hero card, there's another element to this. If he's getting shot up before the game and it's only going to last an hour and a half or two hours before he's in severe pain, you might as well start him and get as much out of him as you possibly can uh, before he's yelping uh, you know, for mercy in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's, that's kind of where we're at. I, and, again, I don't mean to make light of this, but you wanted – to get to this position, you know, where you had a chance, where your health gave you a chance. And look, this year, Jimmy Butler missed like 20-something games. Um, Kyle Lowry missed a lot of time. That was more for personal reasons. But when we, we talked about that. We said, well, they'll be fresh at the end. They're not fresh at the end. Now, you raised the whole Lowry specter about getting in shape this offseason. I am curious if that's something that will be addressed. It's probably going to be one of those post-game, post-season questions off-season questions for Pat Riley, and we'll see how he answers that because I don't know what the relationship is there. You know, I with other guys, I've kind of known, like how Pat would answer a question like that and what he thought the player could take. Of course, sometimes Pat's gone too far in smiling faces with hidden agendas, and that didn't go particularly well. Or, you know, if you got the guts, you don't run out the first door. That also didn't go very well. But I, I guess I'll go to this. There's one thought that's out there on Twitter, and it's, this is a small minority, that, you know, you play Kyle – you play the vets and and you just squeeze as much as you possibly can out of them. And you hope that this championship medal or veteran medal is going to come out and you're paying Kyle Lowry $30 million and you try to make that work. And then there's the other thing that it's like Gabe Vincent's out playing him. It's not even close. Okay. It, it's just not energy perspective, efficiency perspective, all of it, which lean, which way do you lean? I personally think that Gabe will be the more productive option at this point, and he's proven that with his play. I think he was one of the only like takeaways from from game five that felt any semblance of good, and even that is a stretch just because of the way that it ended on their home floor. But I don't think that that's going to – all hands are going to be on deck. I expect that um, although Chris Haynes floating an article out there that says it may be time to sit Kyle, that's just ominous to me that um, maybe that's – uh, prepping for him sitting because he's just not right uh, for him to have all the zeros in the stat line. Like that's not a Kyle Lowry type thing, but Max Struess. And I think Brady touched on something that is very interesting. If they are going to make a move in the starting lineup and Tyler hero is available, which I think they're going to also be cautious there, but I, I expect that he's going to find a way to play. Um, I think that, Getting Max out of the lineup, considering the way he shot the last two games, Max Struess can take a demotion to the bench, and it's just fine. Like, nobody – that that's not an issue. Whereas, like, this whole idea of Kyle going to the bench, I feel like in, a, in an elimination game, you stick with your high-salary top players, you play them, you get the most out of them, but you also can make a shift like getting Max out of there and Tyler in. And I, I don't know if there's really much else you can do. Um, because this is where I'm coming back to, and and maybe I'm jumping ahead here a little bit, but I think that we should get this out into the atmosphere. 
if this was a normal circumstance where a, a healthy Heat team just got beat in a game five and was going up for a game six in Boston, hey, like I got the guts with that situation. But the, it, it's not the same team. Like I, I rewatched some of it on my flight back on my phone and Jimmy just he's just settling. He has no legs. There's just there's something different there. And if he's not going to be the same Jimmy, like all this other stuff is really it starts to become a little insignificant to me. No, I'm with you. And we are kind of talking about the margins here, Alex. That's the thing. Like, you know, it's, we all said it before game five, all of us, you know, if they were going to win that game, Jimmy Butler had to play at a high level. This is the worst Jimmy Butler's looked in back-to-back games this season. And there's no way to just, again, the the idea that he just fell off the map and forgot how to play is ridiculous. And I saw some of that or the skip Bayless thing that, you know, there's something else going on there. no, he has a knee injury. He doesn't want to discuss the knee injury. Again, to his credit, uh, he's not someone you can pull out. Kyle Lowry is a little bit different in my view. Here's what I would say. I don't like the idea of, say, starting Gabe and Kyle coming off the bench. I, I don't think that makes any sense. I think if you're going to shut down Kyle, you just shut down Kyle. That's it. I, I think if Tyler is going to play, I wouldn't play Kyle Lowry in this game. I just wouldn't. I don't I don't think he helps you. Now, maybe I'll be proven wrong. Um, I'm the same person who went over on 10 points on prize picks with him the last game. And as I said on the podcast, he only missed by 10. Um, but I, I just I don't think it's happening. He's not he's not functional. He's it, Alex. He's dribbling down the court and he's basically stopping 30 feet from the basket, picking up his dribble, passing to somebody and pointing where they should go. I mean, it's. <laughs> we talk about playing four on five. I mean, it's, 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 that's what this is. Like it, it you know, I mean, so I, I would just sit in period. I would just start Gabe from the very beginning. And I, I don't even think I'd have Kyle in the rotation for this game. It's a hot take, but honestly, it's an understandable one. Like I think Kyle, if you want to make that case, it's one that I, you know, I'm willing to listen to like, you know, like Leif said, if he's feeling all right to play, go ahead and play him. That's your guy. But, I'm also with you in the sense that, like, if you're not going to – it's either he plays and he starts or you don't play him at all. It's kind of where I'm at. But, you know, not that starting Gabe is a bad idea or anything like that. Gabe has been great. I just kind of like, uh, you know, the duo of him and and uh, and Depot coming off the bench together. I, I like what they've done when they've come in together these past couple games without Tyler. You know, the, the bench production has actually been pretty solid relative to what everybody else is giving you right against an elite defense and everything with with a lot of pressure usually because they're coming in and having to make up for what the starters have not done so i've been impressed with what they done they've done and it's kind of made me more open to the uh, to the idea of starting tyler right because it's like you know it's now or never right not only because you know tyler might be coming back next game well you know whether that happens we don't we don't know yet but it would be something I think that they wouldn't expect. Max is obviously playing hurt. You know, maybe they would expect Duncan to play. You know, I'm not against Duncan starting if Max uh, isn't feeling good. Uh, I just think they have a lot of things they can do at this point because their backs are against the wall. This is that point that we've been talking about. It's like this is the time where Spo in the past has tended to make uh, kind of a quote-unquote bold move. This is the point where he'll finally start Mario Chalmers or, you know, uh, I can't think of another one right now, but I'm I'm just trying to wrap my mind around uh, like how they actually win these two games. And I don't really know that lineup changes have much to do with it, but I'm, I'm just open to anything right now because well, like well, you but said, Jimmy, Jimmy being hurt and all of that, it just kind of makes everything else move. We're just like playing around now. If he, if their best players are not playing at a high level, 
Everything else, I don't know how much it matters. Well, that's the it's thing about the fact this. that they can't hit any type of shots, you know. All right, we're gonna get to the comments, uh, Manny. Pull it back, but I do want to get to all the super chat comments. We're gonna get to those here after the break. I'll just say one thing about this: there's a lot of things he can do. They can, that Spolster can do, and none of them seem like good options right now. That that's kind of where this team is at. Whereas we've talked all year that he held all these cards that can play them at this point, this point, this point. There is no option that looks good right now. Like starting Tyler Hero, yeah, maybe you do play that card now. You're basically putting a guy back in the starting lineup who hasn't started in forever, who has a groin injury that requires him to get shot in the groin before the game starts. I mean, I, who isn't I know, playing well? Right. Who wasn't playing well before all of this? Correct. Okay. So there are no good options, but I do want to get to some of the comments uh, here. So we're going to take those in the second half of the episode. Before we do, we're going to tell you about Better Edge. Uh, this is bettoredge.com backslash five reasons. It's the number five reason. This is our new gambling partner, not a fantasy partner, our new gambling partner. You go on there, they will give you 20 bucks, okay? So if you decide you want to go in and play, uh, they'll give you 20 bucks. Here's a cool thing about Better Edge. First thing, it's legal, which is good, okay? This isn't offshore or anything like that. This is legal here in the state of Florida. Uh, but beyond that, it's kind of a community platform. So essentially the way it works is, you go get the line you want. The other, other people are on there. They're offering other lines. You don't have to say Vegas says the Heat are eight-point underdogs. Shoot, if you think the Heat are going to lose by 14, but you still want to play them, you won't get great money on it. But you can find somebody to play the other side of that bet. So go to betteredge.com backslash five reasons. It's a different way to gamble. It's peer-to-peer. Um, it's a lot of fun. We're going to be doing a lot more on this. We will, Whether the Heat continue or not, we're going to be on there. Uh, doing stuff during the NBA finals as well. Also check out our previews and our picks with Sean Rochester and Jim Rodriguez and others. So go to better edge. It's B E T T O R edge E D G E.com backslash five reasons. And again, they will give you $20 to play. All right, let's get the comments loaded up. Super chat comments, go to the front of the line. We appreciate that. Of course, this comes in from Corbs. Everyone knows you must make improvements in your game in the off season. Bam playing the Olympics, never had an offseason to, to improve. He's the same player as last year, no consistent jump shot. The counter to that is we thought that the Olympics would bring more aggression out of him because he was validated by the best players in the world, including he wasn't Kevin. He not that way over there either. The same Kevin way that he isn't used that, that way here. Alex but is that, let, let me just finish the thought, though. That basically, you know, the way that, that he played over there, and I was going to make that point, Alex, is that he was a role guy, right? But I did think that it would bring something out of him and the fact that he, Kevin Durant was basically, you know, saying this is a guy that I would love to play with, okay, um, and, and validating him as one of the best bigs in the league. I guess on Bam, it's this. If we can – I feel like this is – we go over this topic all the time, and, and I, 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 you know, I, I, we're going to do it all offseason, I know. But if there's one thing, Brady, give me one thing that you would say to Bam, work on this offseason. More than anything else. I think the easy thing to say is, I know we always talk about a go-to. Uh, the jumper, I've been saying this for a while, that the jumper is not like top of the list for me. Like I just don't see him being a guy that's going to be willing to take the jumper time and time again. He's a guy that you need to get to the basket. So for one, I'd probably say a face-up move off the dribble, as Greg's demonstrating, to get to the basket as a face-up guy. Like that feels number one. And as much as I want to say post-up, because he needs to be able to overpower mismatches like a Jalen Brown or these other guys. 
I just don't know if he's going to be a true post guy. Like I can see him being a true face-up guy. Like that seems more realistic moving forward in the next season than a post-up guy. That's just not really him. Even when he has a post-up, what does he do? He turns it into a face-up and he kind of swipes through the middle and tries to make a move baseline. Like that seems like the first element. Uh, when you're talking about recency type stuff, I see a lot of stuff about Bam with this last game. Uh the thing about that is that game, they did not lose that game because of Bam. I just want to put that out there. Like, he was not great. There were times where that uh, I think they were looking for him to go because Jimmy Butler's injured, Kyle Lowry's injured, Tyler Hero's out. So Bam's the first guy in line right now that needs to basically take over. But Bam didn't do anything out of the ordinary that they lost that game. They lost that game because Jimmy wasn't playing at his highest uh, in the shooting issues. But uh, that would kind of be my thing, I'd say. It's just the face-up, being able to work as an attacker. Okay. I have something that I need to make an announcement to Heat fans because I hadn't been in the arena in a very long time. And this is related to Bam Adebayo. So Heat fans who go to games, please listen to me. Early on in the game, every time when Bam Adebayo touches the ball, the entire damn arena was screaming the word shoot as loud as they can. Newsflash. That is not going to help Bam Adebayo to be a more productive and effective offensive player. Stop doing it. Thank you. It's Philadelphia yep. fan behavior. It's honestly sickening. It was, it, it's been happening for a while, but yesterday it was kind of like at a crescendo because I feel like everybody was really feeling the tension, right? Where it's like you, it was a must-win game. And it's just this loud, loud-ass buzz. It's like, are you... It, to him, it must sound like he's getting booed. <laughs> you know, you're not but, hearing the but, 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 but it's just very loud. It's like, you're supposed to be doing this on defense to mess up the other players. <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? I'm not saying it it's the best time. It was just, I just hate, I, I did not like the looks of that, right? Like, I love Heat fans. I love the way they behave at Heat games. That's just, that really bugged me. Yeah, we're pointing the finger and we're wagging it. That started during the playoffs last year against Milwaukee that that is where it it really built and it went away for part of this year and I think the reason it came back like in this game other than the tension the reason that it came back in this game I think is because you did see it two games ago and so it, I, I think what happened again is that Bam showed that it's in him and then why isn't he bringing it out but I'm going to agree with Brady on this Bam is not the reason they lost the last two games okay uh, the reason they lost the last two games is Jimmy Butler is not himself. And and the beyond that, for the most part, other than a couple bench guys, you know, the shooters have been atrocious. OK, and and that's really where this is at. They defended well enough in the first half last night. They seem to have a game plan to stay in that game and you can't make a shot. And when you can't make a shot, then things are going to fall apart on defense. I mean, your starting backcourt did not make a shot. And that's where this is at. Uh, this comes in from Jesse Collin. I hope Tim Hardaway from 2001. Oof. I mean, Kyle Lowry That's plays the Hornet night. series. Oof. Um, no, I will say Kyle's been worse than he Tim has Lawrence. been. Yep. I, and, some and, backlash for the, for the crowd comment. And Tim, Tim felt, I mean, Tim hit the wall. Like when Tim, like Tim was good. Tim, Tim, that 2000, 2001 season was pretty good. Actually. When he played, when he hit the wall, it was really bad. Uh, Sean goes, we got to stop treating Bam like Mashburn. I mean, there's some similarities there in terms of personality uh, for sure. All right, let's get to some of the other comments here. We're going to get to the Super Chats. Greg has briefly disappeared, but I'm sure he'll be back. Let's go in from Alex. Start Duncan and Struess. 
Duncan Andrews. All right, hold on. PJ off the bench will bring energy. Let's see if Robert Williams leaves Duncan in the corner like he does PJ. They're not doing that. No, PJ is starting until yeah. further notice. The Just only reason they stayed in that game early was because of PJ. Oh, my God. PJ I thought they might play Caleb down the stretch, though, Greg. Honestly, I was a little surprised yeah. they went with PJ. You instead could of tell he started to – PJ became less and less effective as the game went on. And, again, on. that's another guy who is banged up. Yep. All right. Uh, Josh Rosen, his comment comes in here. Thanks to Manny for putting these up. We have to get away from DHO where Bam just camps out so far for the rim. We need a new system. We want Bam to feel more comfortable. I'm going to go to Brady on this. They've run less DHO this year, right? A lot yeah, less. I'm, I mean, they have, but it's also like when you're shooting 14% from three, like your natural thing is to do is to try to get your shooters going in a lot of ways where Bam's sitting there saying, okay, we if we're going to win this game without Jimmy playing at a high level, we have to get going from three. I think everybody that was watching that game said that. And the only way you're going to get them good looks on this perimeter defense is to run handoffs. Like, I feel like that's what it is. And I was going through a lot of the, all their three point looks from this game. And I know Spo kept saying it over and over. He was like, uh, the process was good. All the shots were in our wheelhouse. They pretty much were like a lot of the shots. I know. I think Duncan was three of 10 from three. He had a lot of curls that came off the handoff that were pretty open. Shrews had plenty of good looks depending on whatever set you want to run for him. So I don't know what that does for Bam. I think the, the DHO thing, the why it was important is that there were so many pockets of the regular season where they gave the handoff reps to other people. And the then the in and out stuff kind of hurt that in a little ways that when everybody came back together and everybody was healthy, they kind of went back to it a little bit more. Uh, but it's hard to say. I think right now they kind of have to do it. Like, I don't think they have another option. Uh, but moving forward, I, I don't think it's crazy to say that they're going to try to get Bam unlocked, as we said before this season, as we talk about a lot, to just get him away from being that perimeter playmaker. I know there was that one play that was going around Twitter where he, I even was putting it out there, where he had a ton of space. I think Kayla Martin, or no, Duncan Robinson ended up hitting three off a of Martin handoff. But he came in and he had a ton of space where Grant Williams was just standing on the rim saying, mm -hmm. get into the two dribble pull up. And he did not even look toward the rim on that play. Here's the thing about the DHO this year and, and Duncan and Bam. It's like Eric can't make up his mind whether he wants to keep them together to help both of them because they are like buddies in that way or whether he wants to separate them. We, we saw later in the season he separated them. Most of the time during the season, you know, he, he was keeping them together. Look, I, they got to do anything they can to get an open shot. Let me just ask one more thing and then we'll get to the next question. You, you said, Brady, that the process and the looks that they got on the threes were good. Can anybody explain the Oladipo and Lowry missing the rim completely five times? There were five of those that I counted between the two of them. I mean, is that – I have is one there thing, way to explain that? One thing that's been bugging me, not an explanation, not an excuse. Just, you know, just going to throw it out there. Usually at this point, when it's the final four teams left, there's a couple times in this series at least where you're getting at least a couple days off in between games. Hasn't it been every other game? I mean, every other night yeah, this yeah. entire series. I'm just just gonna throw that out there. Probably doesn't help with a bunch of banged up players. In the tournament. It, it has been. I I will say I'm this. Just though, that I, I know this has been a big topic on Twitter today. So I actually looked back at this, and if you go back to even the Big Three era, uh, typically the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals at the most will have one more day off for the totality of the series than these two have. They do tend to compress the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals. Um, I, I think that that some of this is a result. Yeah, some of it is the play-in thing. 
But again, the Heat finished their first, the, the Heat finished their first round series relatively quickly. They didn't go seven in the second series. They were given a, a week, an extra week. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Again, off that they might not have had otherwise. They've been at home for the majority of games. I, I I understand the frustration with guys kind of falling, you know, the limbs are falling off here at the end of the year, but they haven't had that much less rest than other big three teams did. I'll just say, I mean, I covered a big three season where they played a back to back to back during the regular season and they swept it. I mean, I, you know, so I, I don't want to lean into that excuse too much. They've got some guys who are injury prone. They're older. We kind of knew this was going to happen, right? I mean, PJ Tucker, Kyle Lowry and, and Jimmy Butler getting hurt at this stage is not all that surprising. I mean, Tyler here on Max Struess getting hurt maybe more so, but but it's not all that surprising. All right, let's get to more of the comments here uh, as we continue, and we'll get to these a little quicker. I'll throw this one to Alex. All right, go ahead. Comes in from James Todd. We appreciate the nice donation. Thank yes. you. Uh, I, I that, That'll help pay for parking if there's a game seven. I we'll feel like our expectation needs to be adjusted. Amazing defender, but time and time again on offense, he hasn't been consistent. If we can find a second scorer, Maybe we won't be so quick to blame Bam. I mean, isn't that kind of what we've talked about this, Alex? I mean, 
he's basically your third option in, in the best case scenario, right? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, look, I think that he could become a second option. I think that he could, he's shown that he can be that guy, but it's like too little, too late, right? With all of this, that's kind of the theme that comes back right now uh, when I think about this. Cause it's like, you know, somebody mentioned in the comments, he should have tried being aggressive in the third quarter when the game was still in hand instead of when it was kind of already done or whatever. And look, I understand that. I understand the frustrations. Like he's supposed to be your second best player. Um, and I think a lot of people just want to see him be that guy because it feels like, well, he's not worth it if you're if you if you're not getting him to be a big time scorer for you. And right now, they absolutely need him to be that guy because they need people who can attack the rim, people who can create shots in general, <laughs> wherever it's from, just in general, to find some type of you know comfortable look and create a rhythm because they're not getting it from other places that they were able to get it from in order to, you know, get that one seed and be so successful throughout the season and throughout the playoffs. So I think it's kind of this desperation time where it's like, okay, now you want Bam to slide into this role that they totally have not prepared him for at all that we've been harping on for multiple seasons now. And it's it just, you know, it, there's a little bit of frustration in everybody's tone, including mine, because, uh, you know, I, I find it hard to blame Bam. I really do. Like, I understand if, you know, you want him to replicate what he did in game three, my expectations were not there. It's exactly what the commenter was talking about. Shout out to everybody uh, giving donations, by the way. We appreciate that. But, yeah, like I just think Bam was really active last night uh, on the boards, on defense, active hands, like getting offensive rebounds. They can't get him the ball in pick and roll. The option, like we've talked about plenty of times, whether it's a dribble handoff or whatever type of play they run, Horns, Iverson, split cut, all that stuff that Brady knows about a lot better than I do. Like option number one is all about feeding the perimeter guys. That's why you don't see Bam do this stuff until it's too late because it's like, okay, the perimeter guys have ceased to be able to make any sort of shot from anywhere on the court, right? And it's like, okay, now I'm going to start doing this one-on-one stuff. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Too little, too late. Ethan, question for you. When Alonzo Mourning was traded to the Miami Heat, he was 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he went on to advance to the conference finals early in in his tenure, and then mm-hmm. got bounced uh, by lower seeds over and over again, and did not the same lower seed, the same Correct. lower and, seed and, over and, and over. So, so and that mind you, he got it to Miami. He was twenty five. How old is Bam Adebayo? Anyone know? I think he's still twenty three, or is he turned twenty four? He's he's not twenty five. That's the moral of yeah, my he's story. Under 25. Right. So I guess all I want to do is provide that context as it relates to Zoe. Just to like realize the guy got 19 and 10 throughout the regular season, 19, 11, whatever. I know that this playoffs, he has regressed and, and Zoe maybe didn't regress to that same degree, but let this dude continue to develop his game. What are we doing? And putting a cap on him at 24. Zoe wasn't even on the heat yet at 24. Like, so to put a cap on him, he got his first MVP season five, six years later. So just chill y'all. Well, I, I get that. And I was there when Zoe was acquired and, and obviously covered those teams. And I saw Zoe develop his game over time. When Zoe came to Miami, he was extremely clunky as an offensive player, really clunky. I mean, people don't remember that, but, and that was the time where you had to play in the post, right? And he was playing as a smaller big. Okay. People think of him as a big guy, but he was playing against, that was an era where he was playing against the David Robinsons and the Shaquille O'Neal's, and those kind of bigs on a night to night, the Rick Smiths, I mean, all down the line, you were facing a big, skilled big, okay, every single night. And Zoe had to had to figure out how to get those shots off. And a lot of that stuff was not comfortable with him. His free throw form, all of that stuff 
was not easy for him. And he had ups and downs. He had ups and downs with his. He had the opposite issue that Bam has. And it's funny because I was talking to you about this yesterday that I, I wish that Bam had a little more Zoe in him. But Zoe had the issue. I wrote a ton of stories early in Zoe's heat career, but he couldn't control his temper. Like he was the other direction. He was too hot. He was too alpha. And everybody was like, he's got to take a little bit of a step back here because he kept getting technicals. He kept getting thrown out of games. It takes some time. I understand all of that. The frustration, I think, for Heat fans is that Bam shows it sometimes. And that makes it worse. And and I, But I get it. He is not the reason they lost the last two games. The other comment that keeps coming in here, and we're going a little longer here, and that's fine, okay? We'll take more of these comments. Can I some comments at some point? Because that, there's some incredible ones that I think we no, got. No, we will. We'll, we'll, we'll blitz through them. I want to get the super chats, but we'll blitz through them. But the, the other thing I, I just want to say here, too, is, you know, you got the Heat fans on here, and I, I mocked this a little bit on the pod last night, who I see in the comments, play Yurt, play this guy, go bigger. The Heat had 19 offensive rebounds. 19 offensive rebounds. Bam on his own, too small Bam, right? Had six by himself. PJ had undersized power forward. PJ had six by himself. The Celtics had six as a team. They're not losing because they're playing small. They're losing because they can't make a effing shot. That's why they're losing. And their best player is gimping around and pretending that he's not when he is. Okay. That's why they're at. And also their point guard looks 85 years old. That's the reason that they're losing. Bam is Bosch. Bosch got a lot of those criticisms too. And, and again, that was we played. All right, let's get to some of the more of the comments and then we'll just blitz through them uh, from Darius. Serious question with Bam having a ton of space with, with the team sagging off Jimmy and him not shooting. It's like, is it like that? Because the suppose offense doesn't allow him to. I'll defer on this. I know how Alex feels about this. So, because this has been like the topic. No, I mean it, about Spo and, and Bam and all the rest of this. So I, I'll, Brady, I mean, how much of this is Spo, I guess? I think to a certain degree it is because we've seen in games like, what was it, game three, where he's able to be clicking. There's stuff being run from in the high post where he's running, they're running stuff through him in horns and he's turning and turning into an isolation. So there's times when he's clicking where they're getting into that. But then there's also the element of saying, like that play that I was discussing before off the handoff, like that's not a SPO element where you can critique him in that way. Like that's Bam that has to recognize that I have to take two dribbles and take this jumper because if I don't, everything's going to be collapsed on in this half-court defense. So I think it's a little bit of both. And then maybe I know we always say that, and it's maybe a cop-out, but I think it really is. Like I think there's elements that Spo needs to maybe go to Bam a little bit more in certain sets just to give him the ball and say, the, early in that game, I know we keep talking about like Bam as a whole in that, that last game. He was really good in that first quarter. Like When Jimmy didn't have it going, Bam was getting a bunch of putbacks and he was getting the ball. And you and I even tweeted and I said, like, give the ball to Bam and basically work everything through him. Uh, so I think there's elements of both, but I just think there's just too many times where you say, like, Bam has to just go. Some of the comments we're getting here, and we will blitz through these. Uh, p- take that one down for a quick second, Manny. Uh, we're getting uh, Kyle Guy. Is he still on the team? Haywood Highsmith should play Yurt. I, we're just, I, but it's not so crazy when you think about the fact that that Alex's favorite Michael Beasley got minutes in in the final game of the 2014 Natural NBA Finals. Three level score, pure hooper. So, he's on a big three team with Brandon Rush X and Mario Chalmers right now. I, I but that biggest show in Miami sports. Just like Spo got desperate and played Eddie House in Game Six of the uh, of the of the Finals in 2011. I, I'm going to mention. 
Uh, I'm going to mention this uh, prizepicks.com. Uh, use the code five F I V E get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. Some people have asked me this because they already had signed up for prize picks, but they didn't use our code. I got this from some folks today. Sign up with a different email address. If you want, if you want the bonus, if you didn't get the bonus, if you forgot to sign up with our code, sign up with a different email address. You'll get the, you'll get the bonus matched up to a hundred dollars, but you got to make sure that you use the code five F I V E. We'll do prize picks on five tomorrow night. I may not participate because after picking Kyle Lowry to go over 10 points, I think I've been banned from that show uh, for, for future notice. I'm on a really bad run. Uh, so, but go to prize picks, use the code five F I V E. And again, get your initial deposit matched. Up to a hundred dollars. All right. Um, wow, we got a lot of comments here. We'll get to one more super chat here and then we'll try to blitz through some of these. Darius PJ has been amazing the whole entire year, going back to 2020. How do you feel uh about uh Bam being put there with the Myers Leonard type? Like to add size and add space for Bam to play on offense. All right, this is we don't have to discuss Myers specifically, but they they did. Is Al Horford available? They're, they're going to look into a player like that. I think you're totally on to something to answer that question directly. So Bam playing more minutes at the four. Maybe not starting at the four, but playing more minutes at the four. Is this four, an outlandish still at the five, idea? But, uh, still at the five, but with a four that maybe has a little bit more length than some of the guys that they ran out there before. But that doesn't mean that P.J., the archetype, is still not the P.J. Tucker, J. Crowder type of player. Um, but having an option with more length, I think, is absolutely viable to think about. PJ has a player option, right? Are we assuming Greg, are we assuming he's going to opt into that? No. I mean, I, I would wow. love him to. He would be doing the franchise a solid, but you don't think a contender would give him equal money with maybe another year attached to it? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. He just had I, a really I was great stunned season. that Milwaukee didn't pay him this time, so I don't, I don't know which contender. I mean, look – there are so teams out that complicates everything because that means that the mid level is going to have to go to him, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. So we'll, but let's not get there yet. We got a game to play tomorrow night. We'll see if Pat still says he's his favorite player ever if he uh, decides to opt out of that contract. Uh, this one goes to Aaron. Should the Heat come down a little, a lot, having too many undrafted players as contributors a- after the season? I-, I think the model is a good model in the sense of if you're going to have you know, three guys taking up your entire salary cap. You need some guys on these kind of cheap, you know, minimum three-year contracts that give you three years to decide whether or not you want to keep them. I mean, they don't have to pay Struess and, and Vincent next year. They may have to pay Martin because his deal is a little bit different, which is also complicated. But, and, and Gabe but, and Caleb have been two of their best players in the series, by the way. Yeah. Right. So, so, so I don't think you get away from this. As, as I've said before, the Heat's problem is that every agent is trying to get their undrafted free agent to Miami because they think they're just going to sprinkle some magic dust on them and make them contributors. The problem with this team is not the what we call the fringe guys. The problem with this team is that you're paying right now $28 million to Kyle Lowry $40 million plus to Jimmy Butler. And neither of those guys is healthy. And then you're counting on Bam and his whatever 30 million to kind of carry you offensively. So you've got $90 million wrapped up in three guys or more than that. Like that's, that's, they have to perform. <laughs> it's just that simple. And, and this is one of the reasons why the Duncan Robinson debate to me was so stupid this year, because at 15 to $18 million, first thing, it didn't keep them from doing anything this offseason. Nothing, okay? It kept them from doing nothing. So, uh, Greg, agree with me on that? Yes, no? Kept them from doing nothing, right? The Correct. contract is still tradable in a year or two. And and look, that's it's still not a huge chunk of what we're talking about overall 
when you're getting no production out of your $30 million point guard right now. And when your star player is gimpy, like it's, that's not the Duncan contract to me, when you got what you got out of Max Struess this year is, is not, was not the issue that that's, that's Listen, how I view it. 96 of the 133 million is Kyle, Jimmy and bam. So they have to perform. And then if two of them are not healthy enough to perform and one of them doesn't want to do it every night, then that's where you're getting eliminated. That's- 72% of the salary is those three guys. That's where it's at. Okay. First thing, can we, can we, should we do this? The Embiid stuff? No, save it for the off season. No, yeah, no we got 39 minutes. We've gone enough. We got episodes to, to crank out. We got episodes. Uh, Ethan was there. Bob Cousy was acquired. Comments? I was, I was, I, you know, you know, actually Ben, I am Bob Cousy. I am. I, I move about as well as Bob Cousy uh, at this. Day. I, I can tell you mad dog probably on first take. I didn't watch first take yesterday, but I'm sure he talked a lot about Bob Cousy. Uh, Cause you know, he, he likes those. Uh, well, we know what, we know what, we know what mad dog likes. Um, anyway, wait, that was a slander. Disrespectful, man. Is. Disrespectful. I got a, Zoe going on a run Williams in today's game. I'm so, no, oh, we can't stop. We can't that stand. No, 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 no. Hold on. See, I'm saying, cause she's been going on a run slandering Bosch, slandering Zoe. And then the, apparently the only player she likes is Chalmers. But the, the real comment I wanted to highlight before, <laughs> there we go. Hey, the uh, the real out. one I wanted to, to highlight was I think talking movies. I'm over here looking for it. He said, oh yeah, here it is. The Celtics were up 3-2 in the 2010 finals, 2012 Eastern Conference finals, and 2018 Eastern Conference finals. Let's mm-hmm. keep the tradition going for them. All right, so let's close there. We had a lot of comments that came in, but let's close with that. We appreciate all the donations tonight, but I'll, I'll throw this question to everybody before we finish, okay? And again, check out our sponsors, betteredge.com. Jeremy Grant is an option. Marcus Hunter, again, he'll be on a postseason pod. I'm, I'm, I assure you, Jeremy Grant, somebody we'll talk about. Um, betteredge.com backslash five reasons. Prize picks use the code five. And our friends over at Ubreak, we'll fix. Sean Rochester's driving up for the game tomorrow. We're forcing game seven, or you're gluing yourself to the floor in protest. Look, if the heat call first time out, that's when you do it. <laughs> Sean is good at the first time out thing. Plus, Sean will let everybody know on Twitter who the officials are tomorrow night. I think we're getting a Tony Brothers special tomorrow. It's been a while, hasn't it? We've seen Tony Brothers in a while. Do we want Scott Foster, the extender? I don't think they'll give it to him again in this series. Let's go. Let's bring the goal All right. back. All right. But, let, but let, let, let me get to this because we're all talking offseason. They have no chance. Um. It kind of feels like, you know, when the stock market hits capitulation where like there are no buyers anymore and it's like everybody has sold and that's this when the market the, goes up, right? This is the Miami Heat moment. Spo said it in the presser. He looked at us and he kind of was like, like he's looking forward to this, which yep. is a little crazy. No, he's sadistic uh, about this stuff. We know that. I mean, he's like it, that Tico meme on Twitter. Like he, he just loves it. He is a basketball yeah, he junkie. He had a smile he on his face. Being, like he, he hates being a front runner. He doesn't. This team does not operate well as front runners. That's we've talked about that all year too. So from that psychological perspective, nobody thinks they're winning this series. Most people didn't think they were winning the series beforehand. Now nobody thinks they're winning the series. If they were healthy, I would pick them in this game because of that. But they're not healthy. So let's all go around the corner because we'll do more of this on before floor tomorrow. But Alex, give me the path to victory. The path to victory? To bring this thing back on Sunday so that I don't go out of town because I'm planning on going on vacation. Give me a path to victory. Oh, the path is easy, right? You just need everything that's gone wrong to suddenly go the other way, which is, you know, Possible, 
like I wouldn't count on it. But but really, well, like what I'm saying is the stuff that I talked about in, in, a, in a bunch of podcasts at this point. Like you just need the things that they've been good at on offense to start being good again, right? And I'm not just talking about Jimmy. Like obviously an, an elite Jimmy performance would be great. I just, after seeing that last night in person, I don't know how much faith I have in that. Like it would be cool just to have Jimmy play at a B level at this point, right? Give you more than four buckets. And I'm not trying to talk bad about it, but him, Kyle, and Max in the second half specifically were just, they looked banged up. And, you know, that's going to be a running theme. But the path to victory is going to be them hitting their threes, them, you know, hitting the in-between shots that the Celtics are allowing them to take and just being able to generate a little bit more rim pressure, I think. Trying to be more forceful when you're, you know, running your actions, maybe running more off-ball stuff. I think the Celtics have been great with their off-ball actions to kind of get switches they like they get the heat scrambling with things like that so why not try to you know on, on the celtics themselves like they have stolen um a, a a page of your playbook with the whole uh running empty side pick and roll they've been doing that for over a little while now in this series like you you should do the same thing start dropping you know just start doing little things like that i think that uh that you haven't thrown out yet to just kind of mess up their rhythm mess up their uh, expectation of what they're going to see on offense because we know those guys don't necessarily have the tightest handles in the world, especially Jalen Brown. You know, they're not just magically turning over the ball, but he'd have to keep up that defensive pressure and the shots just need to revert, man. And, you know, there's a shot that that they do tomorrow. We'll see. I got the blueprint. I got go the ahead. blueprint. It, it It's, listen, go back and look at this game three box score. Jimmy had eight points in 19 minutes. He was basically a non-factor. He didn't carry them to victory there. They had an exemplary performance from Bam Adebayo. They're going to need that again in some form. It doesn't need to be 31 and 10 and 6. That's a good one. uh, Three-point shooting has to be just relatively respectable. 33% was what it was in game three. So just respectable, just not 15%. So suppose not laughing at post-game. And this is the biggest one. If they want to win this game, they got to force Boston into turnovers. They started to do it at the beginning of the game in game five. They didn't continue to do it in the second half. They forced them into 23 turnovers in that game three victory. That's the path. It's those three things. Bam, shooting just respectively. It doesn't have to be 40%. 33 is fine. And then forcing the turnovers. That's the path. I think if one of their starting guards makes a shot, I mean, that, that's already – that. I mean, they made one shot in two games. Uh, go ahead, Brady. Yeah, they hit on a lot of stuff that I would be talking about. But I want to say, if you're looking for a positive outlook, uh, if this was a situation where they're down 3-2 to the Bucks, and you're saying, okay, we have no answer for Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, maybe there's like something, an offensive tweak that you just can't overcome over matchup-wise. But when you're sitting here in this series, like a lot of this stuff is fixable. Like it, it, There's schematic stuff that it's just as simple as you guys were talking about as forcing turnovers or hitting threes uh, or spacing the floor and kind of taking advantage that way. I think... Personally, I think the only way they really can win this game is if Jimmy Butler has a big game. Like, I think uh, if he has, like, an eight-point game like that, I just can't see them pulling this one out in Boston. Uh, In this scenario, I think it's just hard to say because I'm with you, Ethan. I would have totally predicted that if he wasn't healthy. But the way he's looked and the jumpers he's taking – and the one-legged kind of fades he gets into just shows his body where it's at. Not going at the rim. And by the way, like something that's happened all season is that the shooting has been bad all playoff run. Like that should be set up front. But Jimmy Butler and shooting goes hand in hand this with this Heat team. Like when Jimmy Butler has it rolling, the shooting looks a whole lot better because yes, the process looked good in that game. It looked decent. I'll say not good. But when Jimmy Butler is attacking and he's pulling these defenders down, that's what gives them better looks. And then obviously it comes down to them actually hitting it. 
but that's what's needed. If Jimmy Butler is a primary attacker in this game, I think they have a fighting chance. But if he's not, and it's relying on Bam, and then maybe it's relying on certain shooters, um, yeah, maybe enjoy your vacation, Ethan, because I don't know uh, if that's actually going to happen. But I want to say the last thing I'll say is, relating back to last game, that can't happen this game. We're sitting here at a lot of this talking about shooting and talking about Duncan and talking about Max Struess. If you're relying on those two guys to win you a game in the Eastern Conference Finals to force a game seven, you're not in a good spot and you're not going to win. Like, you, we, Jimmy Butler injured or not, he's the guy. Bam Adebayo, he's the guy. These top guys are the guys because Max Struess and Duncan Robinson are the add-ons to kind of feeding into the, to them having a fighting chance. They're not going to be the reasons they win this game. I'll go to this. Can we, uh, can we shout out Candace H one more time? She commented, "Bam stat line tomorrow: thirty-seven handoffs, twenty pump fakes." <laughs> See, if you're gonna slander Bam, at least be funny. Shout out to her. I don't agree with everything she says, but she's making me laugh. Well, actually, the best comment that came in was from Kendall, which said that, that Kyle signed up on a hundred different emails at Prize Picks using code five. <laughs> <laughs> went under on all of them. Um, I, I don't know if he needs to. He's making ninety million dollars over the next three years. He, I, I mean, that bonus only covers you up to a hundred bucks. So I, I don't know. That Maybe Kyle he's needed. paying his fines for not uh, passing the body fat percentage. Well, that's yeah. another. That's an off-season discussion we're gonna have. Um, Hello, here's where I'm creeping up on on the long shot pod in the charts. Yeah. Well, after this episode, we may go down. Let me close here. I here here's to me the path to victory. Obviously, Brady's hit on the Jimmy thing, but to me the path to victory is defense for this team. I I don't have any confidence in the shooting to normalize. I just don't. We've watched this the whole playoffs. They were first in the league in three point percentage on decent volume during the regular season. They're in the bottom four of all sixteen teams that have participated in the playoffs in three point shooting. I just, I don't see, I don't, I, you know, 35%. I mean, that seems like a pipe dream at this point. You know, I'll take 28%. It's been The free throw shooting is not going to normalize in Boston unless the NBA really wants this series extended. Now, remember, the NBA can't start the finals. They're not, they're not bumping up. So they're going to start the finals with next Thursday. If Golden State wins tonight, then it would behoove the NBA to have another Miami game uh, against Boston and a game seven, which could be helpful there. So maybe the calls are a little bit more in Miami's favor. We'll see. We know that these things happen. Um, but to me, it's about defense. And, and so to me, it is, is this. And I think, Brady, you hit on it. The Boston Celtics are good, okay? They are not a dominant team, all right? They, they, have, they are a flawed team in some ways. Their two stars can be extremely inefficient. Sometimes they don't play off each other that well. As you guys mentioned, Jalen Brown can't handle. Uh, Tatum goes through long stretches where he's where he's missing a ton of shots. The Celtics are not overwhelming Miami right now. Okay, I think Miami's defense could prove overwhelming in in a game, and I think we saw it in the first half of the last game. They held Boston to thirty seven points. So to me, it's it's doubling down on that. You know, at this point, I'm not expecting the Bam rise up game here, but Bam play like the defensive player of the year. Okay, because you're going to have to because you have Jimmy and Kyle who are good defenders. Obviously, Jimmy's an elite defender who can't play at that level right now. So uh, to me, to win this game, this has got to be, you know, 97, 91, skinnier teeth. It's got to be a lot of Gabe Vincent, a lot of Caleb Martin, a lot of Victor Oladipo. If they make a three, fantastic. I'm not counting on that. 
I don't want to play more Duncan Robinson for him to pick up two cheap fouls and get into the penalty early in the game because you're trying to get somebody going as a shooter. This has got to be a grind it out, get out in transition, live ball turnovers, try get to convert. To the get to, and there's only one the guy heart. on the t- there's only one guy on the team who's getting to the rim right now, and that's Caleb Martin. So I would play a lot of him. I'd play a lot of Gabe. I'd play Vic and just tell him, don't shoot from three, please. Um, and, and that's the direction that I would go. And I think they may be able to steal it. And also there are some tough sons of bitches on this team. And I, I don't think they're going to go quietly. I really don't. Okay. I, I, I think they're going to compete. I think Eric, like you said, embraces this kind of challenge. We'll see if it's enough, but he can't stick with Kyle Lowry for 25 minutes in this game. Looking like that. You can't, you can't have, you can have one guy who's, who's ineffective and can't do anything. You can't, Jimmy's got to play. Okay. Which means you can't have Kyle out there with him. You just, in my view, I would start Gabe Vincent no matter what that that's where I'm at right now. All right. Check out our sponsors, betteredge.com backslash five reasons, prize picks, use the code five. You break wheel fix. Check out our off the floor feed. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do a starting nine tomorrow. I might. So uh, if I do, uh, you you know, if you guys subscribe, you'll get that as well. Post up five R tomorrow. Um, who knows if the season ends, maybe we'll all pop on there with an, and harass Royal on that one. Cause they're going to be packing up the whole damn team. We know that. You have a good night, night everybody. I shouldn't have done pregame, man. See y'all for game seven. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly. When you place your first wager at bet MGM, simply download the bet MGM app and sign up using code champion 150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.